Welcome back, my friends. I'm Dr. Dwayne McKee, president of Adventist World Radio. We're looking at Earth's final count now. This is a continuation of unlocking Bible prophecies with with Cammie. Did you know that almost 8 million people have watched that series? We live in incredible times, incredible times. I'm going to share with you when I was on trial for murder during this this presentation right now. I'm going to share with you too. Did you know that people are so angry in the world? The great religions hate each other. They, They want to kill each other. Uh, the Democrats hate the Republicans. The, the Republicans hate the Democrats. The socialists hate the capitalists. And the capitalists hate the socialists. It's terrible. But one day soon, there's a time coming when they're all going to unite, just like in the Middle Ages when 50 million people died. But this time, it's going to be worldwide. They're all going to unite against you as a Christian. A death decree will be passed. The mark of the beast will come. Stay tuned. Earth's final countdown. This is it. We're at the final countdown. We're going to see what the Bible has to say. If you have questions, by the way, if you have prayer requests, if you'd like to to ask for the free gift on the mark, the great controversy on the mark, just just text us at WhatsApp is plus one two two four two 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 zero seven seven seven. That's WhatsApp plus one two two four two 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 zero seven seven seven. If you just want to text us, just just leave off the plus one. And 224, this is SMS text 224-222-0777. Send me the free gift, or here's my prayer request, or the prayer, whatever you want. We'll we'll talk to you. We'll connect with you. I I want to hear from you. Be sure you subscribe and hit hit that like. Subscribe to the channel here, Unlocking Bible Prophecies, Cammie's channel. Subscribe there, and then then click like, and then get the, hit the notification bell. Kathy, my wife, just loves when I say ping. <laughs> You'll like it too. Last time we talked about death. This is a continuation. What happens when you die? We'll continue with that and look at that closer, and then we'll look at what happens at the very end, a thousand years. When that's when is that going to take place? Remember, it's all about who is all about Jesus. If it weren't for the empty tomb in Jerusalem, I wouldn't be here. If it weren't for the empty tomb in Jerusalem, you wouldn't be listening to me because Jesus is alive. He's coming back. He loves you so much. He died just for you. Have you ever read the Bible about the, the shepherd who had the, the hundred sheep and, and one of them went astray and left 99 <laughs> there in the pen? He went after looking for that one lost sheep. The lesson in that is about you. Had you been the only one who needed a Savior. Jesus would have died for you. Can you imagine that? God, the great God of the universe, sending his son to die just for you because he loves you so much. Our next topic is the rapture. What is this rapture? Is it secret or does everyone see? It's all connected with our last topic of death. And and right now, this topic of of the the 1,000 years of peace, the millennium, Actually, the word millennium means a thousand years. It's not in the Bible, but we're going to look at it carefully. But before we do, let's have prayer together, shall we? Father in heaven, I thank you for your love. I thank you for Jesus. If it weren't for Jesus, if it weren't for the empty tomb, we wouldn't be here. Thank you for the promise that Jesus is coming again. Thank you for the joy that we have when we think that Jesus will come and families will be reunited. Now, as we 
as we look together at this millennium, this thousand year, we, we just pray you'll give us, give us understanding. Help us to know that you love us in Christ's name. Amen. Well, remember, three things is at the end of the book. <laughs> All the great prophecies in the Bible have been fulfilled. The next one, just one more left, is a second coming of Jesus and the events around the second coming. We're coming. Remember I said just a minute ago at the introduction that the world is mad. That's right. It's mad. And we've seen that throughout. There was a time when the world was so mad at God's people that 50 million people died. Well, at least maybe even 100 million during the dark ages. It was dark because they didn't have the Bible. That's why the Bible is so important. If it's in the Bible, I believe it. If it's not in the Bible, it's not for me. That's our theme. Cammy says, if it's in the Bible, I believe it. If it disagrees with the Bible, it's not for me. Well, that's the truth. We have to have a central place of reference, and it's about the Bible. Go to God's Word, and that's where we find truth. That's where we find direction. The second thing is mama's prayers. My mama prayed for me. Your mama has prayed for you, or your father, or your auntie. Somebody's prayed for you. For sure, the Bible says Jesus is praying for you, and then God has a plan. He has a plan for your life. He has a plan for my life. He has a plan for my son, Bracken, my, my daughter, Danae, my grandchildren, Grant, Lance, and Michael, uh, and, and Marcy, my daughter-in-law, and Mark, my son-in-law. He has a, a plan for your family, all of your kids. The plan is he wants them to all be in heaven. That's what we, we know for sure. Puzzle pieces. We, uh, we know that as we look at those, God's kingdom will be the only one world order to last forever. Prophetic signs tell us God's kingdom is soon to come. Babylon will rise again through a coalition of world leaders. That's when they're going to be mad at you as a Christian. There will be a death decree. A death decree. It's connected with the mark of the beast. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus. The only, only security is in Jesus. When we fall asleep in Jesus... The next thing we will see is Jesus coming in the clouds of heaven. You know, sometimes people say to me, well, I don't know if I can believe all this stuff that's in the Bible. I don't know. I was at a university in Lubumbashi, and I just got a, a, an email a few days ago from a friend of mine in Lubumbashi, Congo. When we were there, it was called Zaire. And he said, Pastor, we love these sermons. Can you get them translated into French? Well, we have a radio station there, Adventist World Radio does. We're broadcasting all across that city. Thrilling. We're going to have nine stations across the Congo, the second largest landmass in Africa. Sudan's the largest, but not many people live there. So, so many people live in the Congo. We're going to have these nine stations with Adventist World Radio. We're going to be broadcasting. It's exciting. All across that great country so people can hear the news about Jesus, about his second coming. I was at Lubumbashi. I was invited to speak at the university. And I began to tell them about Jesus about the wonderful things, about the second coming of Christ, that Jesus died for you, that salvation is a free gift. You, you can't buy or earn. And finally, one of them asked the question. He says, we don't believe that stuff. What? Now, this is a Christian university. Yeah, he said, we don't believe all that stuff. What? No, we don't, we don't believe it. And they started making fun of me. And finally, I said to them, listen, guys, someday we'll find out. But let's say, for example... I go through life, and I believe all this stuff that the Bible says, that God says here, that Jesus died for your sins, that he's coming back soon to take you to the heavenly home he's preparing for you now. And, and when I die and I wake up and I find out that it's true, 
Wow, it's all true. Of course it's true because the Bible says so. But what if just by chance it's not true and I never wake up again? What have I missed? Well, if it's not true, I've had a good life. God's been good to me if it's not true. But say, for example, you go through life. You don't believe it's true. You die, and then you wake up in the second resurrection that the Bible talks about, and you find that it is true. Wow, and fire comes down from heaven, and you're destroyed. What have you missed? What have you missed? What have you missed? There was silence. Silence. No one said anything. Some of the students got tears in their eyes. And they said, tell us more about Jesus. Tell us more. We want to believe. Like the Bible talks about a man who said, Lord, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. Wow. It is true because God says it's true. Jesus is coming back soon. I want to show you a picture. These are some friends of mine in Mwanza, Tanzania. <laughs> They're looking for Jesus to come. They wanted us to make a picture of them looking up in the heavens. And Jesus is coming. It's exciting, folks. It's exciting, my friends. Jesus is coming again. That's what the Bible says. Remember we said the memorial of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus is baptism, Romans chapter 6. The memorial that we are created in his image is the Sabbath, Genesis chapter 2. You say, why do you keep talking about this? Here's the reason. Well, lots of reasons, because it's true. That's what the Bible says. You remember the story, the little boy had a boat. He sailed the boat, and the wind broke the boat, the string, and, and uh, with the sail, and he ran into town. He found his boat, and he said to the, <laughs> the shop owner, that's my boat. <laughs> the shop owner says, no, it's not. I bought it from a little boy just like you yesterday for $5. I'll sell it to you for $5, but it's my boat now. And so he went home. He was so upset, and he, he, took the, he found $5 in his piggy bank, and he went back to the store, and he said to the owner, here's my $5. I want to buy my boat. <laughs> and so as, he's going, as he goes home, he says, you're two times mine. I bought you, and I made you. And Jesus says, you're two times mine. I bought you with my blood, and I made you. And the memorial that he created us, it's the Sabbath. That's what the Bible says, Genesis 2, Exodus 20, the Ten Commandments. The memorial that we are, that Jesus died for us, of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, is baptism, Romans chapter 6. The reason that's so important, some people will tell you, they'll say, well, we go to church on Sunday because Jesus rose on Sunday. Friends, where's that at in the Bible? It's just not there. It's not there. It may be two chapters outside the Bible. No, it's nowhere. It's just in tradition. Remember all the traditions that have crept in the church? People, the pagans were worshiping the sun, sun god. And to reunite the church, Constantine, the emperor in Rome, he said, why don't you Christians worship on Sunday? And the pagans can worship on Sunday and the sun god. And we can all come to we won't have any contention between us. And so many Christians accepted, many did not. And that's when the, the great dark ages, the middle ages started. And that's when the 50 to 100 million people died because they wanted to follow what God said and his word. So when people tell you, well, we go to church on Sunday, <laughs> say you don't worship the Sunday. It's not the memorial. It's not in honor of the resurrection. No, no, no. The Bible says that when we're baptized like Jesus, 
Romans chapter 6. That's what it says. You go down to the waters of baptism, you come up out of the waters, you take part and participate in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. That's what the Bible says. Remember, if it's in the Bible, I believe it. If it's not in the Bible, it's not for me. Let's review a little bit from our last program about death, because some people are so confused about that. Kathy and I were doing a series of meetings down in New Orleans, <laughs> and I, I preached this sermon this presentation on what happens to you when you die. And this lady at the door was so upset. She says, my mother is too alive. <laughs> Remember, when you, when you die, you fall asleep in Jesus. The next thing you know, the resurrection takes place. <laughs> and so she walked out, never came back. Went by to see her with the pastor. And <laughs> we knocked on her door. She didn't want to talk to us. Well, she was just upset because it, it, it disrupted what she thought was true because remember, if it's, if it's not in the Bible, it's not for me. It, it doesn't matter what your auntie tells you. It doesn't matter what your, <laughs> anyone, a friend tells you, a relative. What matters is what God says. And that's why we go to the Bible always. Well, Kathy and I were back there five years later. I preached at that same church. We went to the fellowship dinner and we looked over and we saw her there. She was there. She was smiling big. She said, I kept studying the Bible. The pastor came, others came, they made friends again with us. And she said, you know, <laughs> I'm preparing to be baptized. And my brother's right here with me. He's going to be baptized too. <laughs> because they studied the Bible and they found truth. Truth as it is in Jesus. Don't settle for what people say. Focus on what Jesus says, what the Bible says. That way you'll never be confused. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, it says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Actually, that's the King James. The new King James says, man became a living being. So look at that text carefully. Dust from the ground, plus the breath. Uh, one text says the spirit. That's the life principle, God's breath, when he breathes into the nostril of Adam. That's the life principle. He becomes a living, a living soul, a, a, a living, a human being, a living being. That's what the Bible says. So earth plus God's breath, the breath of life, the life principle, together, man is living. Man is living. That's right. Let's continue on now. Ecclesiastics makes it, you see, death, remember we said, is creation in reverse. Ecclesiastics 9, 5, and 6. For the living, that's us, the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing. Also their love, their hatred, and their envy have now perished. I was giving a Bible study to a young lady in uh, Nebraska years ago, and I read this text. And she said, do you really think Solomon was inspired? <laughs> she said, if it's in the Bible, I believe it. <laughs> if it's not in the Bible, it's not for me. Remember how we find truth? We line it up like you build a fence. Here a little and there a little. You put it together. You take everything the Bible has to say about any given topic. You put it all together and you find truth. You find truth. So when we die, when we die, it's just creation in reverse. The dead know nothing, nothing. The spirit, life principle, goes away back to God and we return to dust waiting the resurrection. Now, Genesis 3, 1, yeah, <laughs> the devil, you know, he's the liar. Uh, the Bible says he's a liar and the truth is not in him. He, 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 it was fitting that he should 
use a serpent. <laughs> Actually, I think the serpent may have been beautiful because <laughs> of the devil. You know, God made the serpent crawl on his belly. <laughs> so the, the devil uses the serpent there at, the, at that tree of knowledge of good and evil. And God had told Eve, don't go there. He told Adam, don't go there. But sometimes we, we individuals... Uh, people are just a bit independent and we want it our way and not God's way. And so Eve didn't listen very well. And Genesis 3, 1 says, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And Eve responds there in Genesis 3, 2 and 3, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. You die. And the devil, he, he lies. He says, Genesis 3, 4, you will not surely die. You'll become as gods. You will not surely die. That's right. The devil is a liar and the truth is not in him. When do we receive immortality? Well, if the devil was right, we would be immortal. We would never die. I don't know, but <laughs> during these epidemics that we're having, we see hundreds of thousands of people dying around the world. People die. We are mortal here in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 15, 51. It says, behold, I tell you a mystery. It's a mystery because people, they're confused, see? So God says, I'm going to tell you this mystery. I'm going to explain it to you so it's no longer a mystery. We shall not all sleep. Death and sleep are used interchangeably in the New Testament. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Now notice the rest of the text. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. Must put on immortality. Two ladies in Goma were watching and talking and listening and walking. And one said to them, you know, as they looked to the volcano, they were watching an old volcano up there blowing outside of Goma, Congo, Central Africa, next to Rwanda. And they looked at that volcano and the one said, when I die, I'm going to go up there in the fires of the volcano and join my ancestors. The other one knew Jesus. No, she said, when I die, the next thing I know, Jesus will be coming. Then I'll receive immortality and he'll take us to the heavenly home he's preparing for us now. Christians have a wonderful message of hope. Jesus is coming again. I was preaching, here's a picture of St. Petersburg, Russia. Uh, right after communism fell, there in the early 90s, we did a lot of meetings. Our meetings then would be six weeks long, sometimes up to two months from the preparation and everything. Every night, except maybe one night, we'd have a night off. It was incredible. People would come and come and come. We'd have 1,500, 2,000 people at these big meetings. It was an incredible event as, as we were there. I first went with my friend Bruce Johnson, and I did a series myself there. It was incredible. We saw so many baptized, just... God blessed in such a, a wonderful way. I preached about the state of the dead, about what happens to you when you die. And, and, and this lady, Maritas, she came up to me afterwards and she was mad. Oh, she was angry. She said, listen here, my mother died seven years ago 
And every Thursday night, her angel comes to my apartment and visits me. I'll never give up my mother's angel. Wow. Who was that? Who was that? <laughs> Notice what Revelation 16, 14 says. For they are the spirits of devils working miracles. Yeah. They are the spirits of devils working miracles. Remember, there was war in heaven. A third of the angels were cast out. So this are the devil's angels that work these miracles and trick people. F focus on just what God says. Read the Bible. A thousand years in jail. We're going to put him in jail. That's right. And <laughs> we're going to go to the Bible. If it's in the Bible, I believe it. It's not in the Bible. It's not for me. Satan is going to be in jail. He's going to pay. He's going to have a thousand years to think about what he's done to you. Remember I said at the beginning, the great world religions are mad at each other. They hate each other. The Democrats hate the Republicans. The, the capitalists hate the socialists. The socialists hate the capitalists and the communists. And you have all this hatred going on. Satan has just, you know, he's caused all this to happen. But one day, one day, the Bible says, the mark of the beast, there'll be a death decree passed. And all these people who hate each other now are going to join together and hate you because you want to keep God's commandments. You want to keep God's, all the commandments. They're not 10 suggestions. They're, <laughs> they're 10 commandments that God has given us. Wow, that's what the Bible says, folks. Let's go to the Bible. If there's one time in the Bible, and one time in history, I would like to, you know, I'd like to be at creation, of course, and I'd like to be at the resurrection, absolutely. But I'd like to be there at the ascension, just outside Jerusalem and Bethany, 40 days after the resurrection. Jesus is there with his disciples. These men from Galilee were standing up in heaven. Now, they had never seen Superman or Superwoman or anything. And, and Jesus was going up, and angels were all around. <laughs> they were just amazed. And the angels said, two of them said, you men from Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into the heavens? The same Jesus will come in the same way. Jesus is coming back in the clouds. And that's when the millennium begins. The thousand years begin. He'll be a thousand years in heaven. Matthew 16, 27. For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. Matthew 24, 27, as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. We'll see him coming. <laughs> He's coming. Wow, Jesus is coming. It's 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, for the Lord himself, not an imposter, not an angel, but Jesus himself will descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. What an exciting event that's gonna be. Jesus is coming, wow. Families will be reunited. Those who have died and Jesus will come up first, it says. And then we who are alive and remain will join them. Wow, I, I, I can't make, I, I just can't wait. It's gonna happen. John 5, 28 and 29, marvel not. <laughs> That's a good, good word, marvel. <laughs> marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in the which all that are in the graves, notice that word all in the graves, that means the bad and the good, shall hear his voice and shall come forth. All will come forth. John 5, 28 and 29 again, they that have done good unto the resurrection of life 
and they that had done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. Two resurrections. Oh, that's, that's different, isn't it? <laughs> that's what the Bible says. Two resurrections. Now, we'll see in just a minute. I'll give you a hint. There's going to be a thousand years between these two resurrections. Amazing. Stay with me. Let's go to the Bible again. The resurrection of life, number one, and then the resurrection of damnation. Those who love Jesus will come forth in the resurrection of life. And those of us who love Jesus and are alive and remain will be caught up after them to meet them in the air and to go home with Jesus, the heavenly home. Remember, Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Jesus is coming again. He's promised he'll come again. That's the first resurrection. He is coming. Here in Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. So those who have died in Jesus, those who have been buried, those who love Jesus, and the next thing they know, they'll hear their, their names and they'll come up out of the graves. They'll come up and they'll rise first. Wow. Don't you want to be at a cemetery? I want to be at the cemetery in Oklahoma. They're in Kearney, Oklahoma, where mama and daddy are buried. Kathy, we have said, you know, she wants to be in Cleveland, North Dakota, where her mom and dad. We'll figure this out. But we want to see mom and dad as soon as they come up. And you have friends. You may have children. You may have a husband or a wife, a mom, a dad, an uncle, an aunt. You have friends that you want to see on that resurrection morning. Don't let any, anything on this old ball of mud keep you from being ready for the resurrection, to see Jesus, to be reunited with you. Don't let anybody keep you out of heaven. Focus on Jesus. No matter if the death decree comes, it's more important, more important. It means life eternal, life eternal to put aside all stresses, even the threat of death. You keep your eyes focused on Jesus. You'll never be sorry. You'll never be sorry. Yeah. First Thessalonians 4.17, Then we who are alive and remain, that's us. <laughs> so those who have died in Jesus will come up first. Then the rest of us, alive and remain, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. We're going to come up together. So mom and dad are going up first. <laughs> and we're going to come up too. Wow, as we're alive. Yeah, what a glorious day that's going to be. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Well, let's continue on. Let's study some more here. 1 Corinthians 15, 52 and 53. We shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. That's when we receive immortality. Yeah, that's it. That's when we, that's what Adam and Eve heard from God in the garden that they're mortal. Satan lied. Oh, he'll tell all kinds of lies. He's going to try to trick you, but keep your eyes focused on Jesus. Somebody asked the question then, well, okay, what about those who have rejected Jesus when Jesus comes back? The Bible talks about that too. Here in Revelation chapter 6, verse 15 and 16, it says, they hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come, and who is able to stand? Who is able to stand? Remember I said, 
that the great world religions are mad at each other. They want to kill each other. The Republicans hate the Democrats. The Democrats hate the Republicans. The socialists hate the capitalists. It goes on and on and on and on. But one day they're all going to turn on you because you love Jesus. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus. The resurrection will take place. Those who hate you, those who want to kill you, those who have tried to persecute you because of the mark of the beast, it says they, they'll cry for the rocks and the mountains to fall on them and hide them in the face of him who sits on the throne. They'll be killed, terminated by the brightness of his coming. That's what the Bible says. Yeah. So here, here it is. The second coming, Jesus returns. The righteous dead are resurrected. The righteous living, they ascend. The wicked then are slain. But what about the old devil? What about him? Well, let's continue on. Revelation 20, verses 1 and 2. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit, and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan. There's no question about who he is. He is the devil. He is Satan. He's the serpent. He's the dragon. And bound him for how long? A thousand years. That's that thousand years we're talking about. So he's bound here on planet Earth. There's nothing here. It's destroyed. He's bound here to think about what he's done to you, to all God's people. He's bound. You see, he's the great instigator. He's, he's the one who deceived Adam and Eve. He's the one responsible for all the hatred, the, the, those who want to kill, those who are going to try to kill you because of the mark of the beast. He's the one. And he's bound for a thousand years to think about what he's done. Wow. That's what it says, a thousand years, the millennium. Actually, the word millennium is not in the Bible, but it simply means a thousand years. Mill is a thousand, annium is years. So a thousand years. Notice again here in Revelation 22 and 3, he laid hold, that's God, laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal on him so that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. But after these things, he must be released for a little while. <laughs> that's amazing. So Satan is going to be bound. Here on this planet Earth, there's nothing here for a thousand years. He's got a lot of time to think about what he's, there's no one to tempt. There's no one here. He's there by himself a thousand years. And then he's going to be released for a little while. Remember we talked about the second resurrection? Well, let's, let's go there. Yeah. So the bottomless pit, nothing's here for a thousand years. It's, it's, it's without form or void. It's, there's nothing here. It's just the planet Earth. Satan is bound of change of darkness on a desolate planet Earth for 1,000 years. There's nothing here. Jeremiah 4.23 says about this time, I beheld the earth, and indeed it was without form and void, and the heavens, they had no light. John 14.3, I will come again, Jesus says, and receive you into myself, that where I am there you may be also. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming. He's going to take us to the heavenly home he's preparing for us now. Now notice here in Revelation 26, they shall be priests of God. This is what God's people are doing for these thousand years. They shall be, they're in heaven with Jesus a thousand years. The devil's here on this old ball of mud. There's nothing here. It's, it's desolate. And they shall be priests of God. We're in heaven, God's people. 
God and Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. So what will we be doing in heaven? Well, here in 1 Corinthians 6, 2, and 3, do you not know that the saints will judge the world? Do you not know that we shall judge angels? Notice again in Revelation 24, and I saw thrones and they sat on them and judgment was committed to them. You see, this is a time when we will wonder, well, what about, I thought that preacher, he was such a good guy. And so we'll be able to look at the books. Judgment, we'll be look, able to look, a judgment is coming. Wow. And we'll see why God judged and decided in the way that he did. We'll understand why certain ones aren't there unless they just and true are his ways. God is just. He is just. For we all must appear. Notice this text. I think it's very important. This is before the second coming of Jesus. A judgment is going on now, the Bible tells us. And it tells us here in 2 Corinthians 5, 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Your name will come up in the judgment. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Folks, it doesn't matter what you've done. You see, at the foot of the cross, the ground is level. There's no big guys, important guys, rich guys. The, the ground is level. That's when it's all said and done. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. It doesn't matter if you're an assassin. It doesn't matter if you go to church every, every Sabbath and worship. It doesn't matter who you are. <laughs> the ground at the foot of the cross is level. If we confess our sins and in the judgment, when Satan accuses you, you see, all are guilty. You don't deserve to go to heaven. I don't deserve it. You can't be good enough. All has sinned and come short of the glory of God. <laughs> That's what the Bible says. We all are guilty. We all, the wages of sin is death. We all deserve to die. But as the judgment comes up, as the judgment comes up and your name comes up, Satan will say, oh, brothers and sister, you, they, they are evil people. Let me, let me tell you about all the bad things they did. You don't even, you think they were good. No, no one's saved because of they were good enough. All have sin. And Jesus will say, my father, my blood, my blood is sufficient to cleanse Sam, Sam and Susie and Johnny and all, all will be, names will go to the judgment. Jesus, though, those who ask him, for forgiveness, will be forgiven, all of our names. Let me tell you about a story. We lived in Lubumbashi, Zaire, Congo. My son and I had to go to Zambia. It was about a, oh, a two and a, two, two and a half hour trip. And uh, we had to go down and come back. Usually it took two days, sometimes three days. But this time we had some meetings going on, and so Bracken, and my son, he was in the van with us, and we drove down and got the mail and got things taken care of, with, connected with the division office in Abidjan because of the communication we had to do, communicate from down there. Driving back, it got dark. And as we were driving along, we came around a corner there in the Congo, and, and a car was coming, and bright lights, <laughs> they didn't dim their lights, they just bright lights, and all of a sudden, right in front of me was a poos-poos. I swerved, bang, we hit. A poos-poos is a two-wheel cart loaded with 
big, huge bags of charcoal. They had a couple of guys in the front pulling, one at back, a big strong man, pushing. And, and when they saw the lights, they were in the middle of the road, they, he, the man in the back stepped toward the center of the road, turning the cart, but there was no time. Bang, impact. We stopped the car. Now, I'd been in Africa a long time by now, and I know that in some of these countries, if something happens, vengeance, <laughs> God says, you know, vengeance is mine. Well, their, their vengeance is theirs. And so we jumped out of the car and started to run back, and I heard people crying. And then I heard a lot of people coming, and I realized my son, Bracken, he's with me. It's not safe. I said, Bracken, get in the car. We've got to get out of here. He jumped back in the car. We drove down the road for some distance, came to a police stop, and I told them what happened. Well, they said, take us back there. And I said, no, it's not safe. We can't go back. Finally, another car came. It was a Belgium, and he says, yes, there, it looks bad. So the police took him back. There was a young man who had been killed. They took him and they put him in the back of their car, drove to the morgue I followed, Never will forget that scene. My heart is breaking. I am so sad. That night I couldn't sleep. The next day we went in to the police station with, I was secretary of the union, the second person in command there, and the president, a local, a national, Pastor Wham, went with us. And immediately they saw me, they arrested me, put me in jail. I was in a large pen, uh, men and women together, uh, just a large pen, no bathroom facilities, just, just together in this pen for many hours. The clock ticked slow. Pastor Wama went from station to station to station to, to get me out. Finally, they, they released me on condition I would show up for the court date and face the charges of murder. Boy, that was a terrible experience. I'd wake up at night sweating, shaking, horrible, horrible. Then one day, a friend of mine said, we need to go talk to Hassan. Hassan was a businessman in town, a friend of us, and a friend of the missions, friend of mine. I went and talked to Mr. Hassan, and he said, let me... Let me take you to see the high court judge. He's my personal friend. Made an appointment, went in to see him. He asked, what, what, what happened? I told him. Okay, he said. He said, you have to go to court, and you'll be accused, and you'll be tried for murder. But he said, I understand what happened. You'll be found guilty of involuntary manslaughter, but then you'll be released. Don't worry. I learned then <laughs> the importance <laughs> of having a friend, of having a friend who's the judge. Jesus is my friend too. He's your friend. We got to court. The attorney that we had engaged didn't show up. So I had to defend myself in French. And it was a terrible experience. But finally, with all kinds of accusations that I was guilty of murder and on and on and on. I, I felt horrible. The judge 
had been told by the high court judge of the whole area of the Congo to find him guilty, find me guilty of involuntary manslaughter. Jesus, Jesus is my defense attorney. <laughs> he knows the judge. I know the judge. And Jesus will say to you, to me, when Satan accuses us, he's the accuser of, of us, of God's children. When Satan accuses you, say, but God, you can't save him. Look what he's done. You can't save Dr. McKee. He's guilty of murder. Jesus would say, my blood, my father, my blood is sufficient to cleanse Dwayne McKee from all sin. Amen. He's sufficient. Don't you love him? Don't you love him? Don't you say, yes, Jesus, I love you so much. Thank you for the, the blessing, the gift of salvation. Thank you for dying for me that I might live. God is so good. So, during the millennium, the righteous are in heaven. The earth is desolate. We are there because Jesus has died for our sins. We are there because our name before the second coming has come up in the judgment. We are there because our sins have been forgiven. We're there because of Jesus. Don't you love him? So during the millennium, the righteous are in heaven. The earth is desolate. Satan is bound here on this old ball of mud. There's nothing here. Revelation chapter 20, verses 7 and 8. Now when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison on this old ball of mud and will go out to deceive the nations. What? Yeah, that's right. Remember two resurrections? Revelation 25 says, but the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the second resurrection that we talked about. The resurrection of the damnation. They come forth. Wow. The city has come down. Heaven has descended from, from the sky. It's come down where Jesus has prepared the place. It's come down to earth now. The resurrection takes place. The resurrection of the damnation. It's going to be a terrible resurrection. It'll come forth. Notice here the, a chart. The, the first resurrection, the second coming, a thousand years takes place. Satan is bound here to the old ball of mud. We're in heaven with Jesus. Then the second resurrection, the holy city descends. Let's go to Revelation chapter 21, verse 2. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. The holy city will descend then. So a thousand years takes place. A thousand years were in heaven. Those of us who love Jesus have been forgiven because of the blood of Jesus. We're in heaven. It's just like when the judge said, you may go to me. Uh, you're guilty of involuntary manslaughter, but you can go. You're free. We're, we're free. We're in heaven with Jesus because of Jesus, because of forgiveness. Jesus will say about you, about you, as he says about me, Father, please forgive Dwayne. Forgive Bill. Forgive Sam. My blood is sufficient. My blood is sufficient. So that thousand years, we're in heaven. We're in heaven and we we say, yes, God, you're, you're wonderful. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for forgiving us. Thank you. We understand why you made the decisions you did. We understand now. We didn't know all the backgrounds. So we're in heaven a thousand years. After a thousand years, the city descends. The city descends. And now we're on, this, on, on the, the earth again. It's, it's a mess. 
You know, nothing's happened. It's not been recreated yet. Here in Revelation chapter 21, verse 3, it says, And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. And they shall be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. So God is with us in heaven. He's with us as the city descends after the thousand years. Yeah, but the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years are finished. So the city comes down, and then the second resurrection takes place. The second, that's the rest of the dead. That's the resurrection of the unrighteous. And Revelation 29 says, so they see this city, and it's come down. We're inside. And, and Satan rallies. He says, we can take the city. <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> take the city? No. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. This is it. This is the end, the very, very end. So we had two resurrections, the resurrection of the righteous. We go to heaven. We live with God a thousand years. After the thousand years, we descend on the earth. It's an old ball of mud. There's nothing here but Satan. The second resurrection takes place. And then they try to take the city and fire comes down from God and devours them. This is the second death. Revelation 20, 14. Read that verse. The second death. Wow. It's all over. Then God will create a new heaven and a new earth. Now, some people ask, okay, I, I thought there was this, un, this, this fire that would burn forever and these people would, and we would see them burning and we would be in heaven and we could look down and see. <laughs> no. Let, let, me, let me tell you exactly what the Bible says. Remember, if it's in the Bible, I believe it. If it's not in the Bible, it's not for me. Let's see what the Bible says here in Matthew 25, verse 41 says, Then he will also say to those who are on his left, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. So what is this everlasting fire? Are they going to burn forever and ever? Well, what kind of God would want to punish you or your son or your daughter who's not in heaven forever and ever? That's just, you know, there's so many people who have read that verse, and because of what some people have said, did you know that some preachers, <laughs> they have said stuff like, if you're not good, God's going to burn you forever and ever and ever. What kind of God? No. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God is not going to burn you forever and ever. He's not going to burn the wicked forever and ever. Let me read the text and watch it carefully. Yes, they will. there is an end. There's a strange act of God, it's called. There is an end, and they will be burned up. But notice what the Bible does really say. Revelation 29, And fire came down from God out of heaven, and what? Devoured them. The fire comes, and they are burned up. That means what, that's what devoured means. Let me go on. Revelation 20, 14. This is the second death. Dead. Finished. They're not alive. They're not alive and fire and burning. No. This is the second death. Everlasting punishment is not everlasting punishing. You understand the difference? Puni it, this is death. It's over. It's over. That's it. And eternal fire is one whose effects or results are eternal. They're eternally dead. Eternally dead. Everlasting punishment 
is a punishment whose effects or results are eternal. Here in Jude chapter 1, verse 7, it talks about Sodom and Gomorrah. Notice what it says. And as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them in a similar manner to these, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh, are set forth as an example of suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Eternal fire. Notice here, <laughs> Ezekiel 28, 16, and 18. It's eternal fire. It means they're burned up. I destroyed you, O covering cherub. Therefore I brought fire from your midst. It devoured you, and I turned you to ashes upon the earth. Sodom and Gomorrah, they're not burning today. It says eternal fire. Eternal fire means they burn up. <laughs> because Sodom and Gomorrah, archaeologists tell us, this is, it's there near the, the Dead Sea, probably partially underneath the Dead Sea. There's no fire there. <laughs> An eternal fire doesn't mean eternally burning. It means eternally burnt. Death, dead. And it says here, there are ashes, ashes for Satan. He's, it's going to be finished. He's over. Notice here again in Malachi 4, 1. For behold, this day is coming, burning like an oven, and all the proud, yes, all who do wickedly will be stubble. Stubble, that's after the fire is burned. And the day which is coming shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts, that will leave them neither root nor branch. Neither root nor branch. They're burned up, ashes, finished, it's over. Again in 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. To perish is to die, to be dead, to be burned up, is finished. It's, it doesn't go on forever and ever. Romans 6, 23, we read this text before when we talk about the free gift of salvation. For the wage of the sin is death. The wage, death. death. It means you're, you're dead, you're finished, it's over. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So an eternal fire is one whose effects or results are eternal. Everlasting punishment is not is a punishment whose effects or results are eternal. Does that make sense? Yep, it's over. <laughs> it's over. The, the forever means as long as it's the subject can last. Here, let me put it like this. The fate of the wicked. Number one, the wicked will die, Romans 6, 23. Number two, the wicked will perish, Luke 13, 3. Number three, the wicked will be burned up, Malachi 4, 1. Number four, the wicked will be utterly consumed, Psalms 37, 20. Number five, the wicked will be turned into ashes, Malachi 4, 3. And number six, the wicked will be as though they had not been, Obadiah 16. Well, that's it. Wow, for God so loved the world. God loves you so much. He wants you to Surrender your heart to him. Give your heart to him. Say, yes, Lord, I love you. You're my friend. Thank you so much for Jesus who died for me. Yes, because we, we come to Jesus, you see, we want to be in heaven because we love him, not because we're afraid of burning forever. Yeah, if you choose, if you choose Satan's way, you'll burn up. That's right. Death, you'll die. That's it. It'll be an eternal death. Here in 2 Peter 3, 13. Nevertheless, we, according to this promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. This new heaven, God's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. This old ball of mud's going to be recreated and righteousness will dwell. That's what we look forward to. Jesus is coming. What a glorious event that will be. I want to be there. Don't let anybody keep you out of heaven.
The Bible says it's clear, I have not seen nor ear heard what God has prepared for those who love him. I can't wait. Jesus is coming. I, w- I love Jesus. Just give your heart to him. If you sin, ask for forgiveness. No matter if what you've done, assassins, yes, you can be in heaven. No matter, yeah, no matter what has happened in the past, confess your sins. He is faithful and just to forgive you your sins. Forgive those sins and cleanse you from all their righteousness. God loves you. Give your heart to him. There's a a story told. This is really interesting. Uh, you know, Cammy has this series of meetings, Unlocking Bible Prophecy. We put it in different languages. And this this is a, a country where they it was translated into one of those languages. And the general in this country is not a good man. <laughs> He's not a good man. But somebody somebody sent him. Uh, these sermons on his cell phone. And so he's listening and listening and listening to the sermons and his heart is being touched. It's melting as he listens to Cammy. He's so excited and he's, he's listening and Cammy is preaching and preaching and preaching and he's listening and he gives his heart to Jesus. He, he, you see this general, he was so wicked. <laughs> he wanted to do just the baddest, the worst things he could do to his people and his army. And so he hired a witch That's right, a witch. He hired a witch to work for him and to give him direction. Well, this witch was in the other room, and she began to listen (laughs) to the sermons. She could hear Cammy preaching and listen to Cammy preaching, and she she got so excited. She finally ran in there and said, General, stop! (laughs) What? Who's that that lady preaching? Well, I got got these sermons on my cell phone. I want a copy of those because... When I'm listening, I, I get peace in my heart. This is the witch. I get peace in my heart. She said, that, that lady is a more powerful witch than I am. <laughs> in other words, her words are from God. Not a witch at all, of course. Her words are from God. And her words are more powerful than what Satan's witch's words were from. Wow. Cammy's sermons touch people's hearts. It's not because of Cammy. It's not because of unlocking Bible prophecies. It's because of the message. It's because of God. It's because, remember, if it's in the Bible, I believe it. If it's not in the Bible, it's not for me. Years ago, in the northwestern part of the United States, the, 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 there's a, there was a rancher, and uh, oftentimes in the springtime, this happened in the spring, uh, he had his cows out. And uh, spring would go through, and then summer, and finally fall, and it was time for him to take the bulls away from the cows. And so he had a trick. <laughs> Some of the old bulls don't want to leave the herd. And so what this rancher did, he took his little donkey with him. He found the old bull that he wanted to take back to the ranch house to separate them from the cows. And he, he took his lasso, and he lassoed the old bull. And then he tied the other end of the rope to the little donkey. <laughs> well, immediately the old bull, he's big and strong and angry. And so he goes over the hill pulling the little donkey. Well, several days, sometimes four or five days would pass and something very interesting would happen. <laughs> this little donkey determined he was coming home. You could see him coming down the road, going toward the ranch house. And he was pulling a very tired, worn out old bull. <laughs> Satan, he may get some old bull around your neck sometime. But remember, we're going home. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus, just like that donkey. We're going home. 
were going home. Just like the trial I went through, a horrible experience. But I kept my eyes on Jesus. I was released, forgiven by Jesus, going home. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus, no matter what you've done. If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. No matter what old bull Satan may tie around your neck, focus on Jesus. There's victory in Jesus. Jesus is coming again. Don't you love him? Don't you love him? Here in Acts chapter 22, verse 16. And now what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, and wash away your sins, calling on his name. Unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, John 3, 5 says, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Don't you love him? Give your hearts to him. Some of you are thinking about being re-baptized. Some of you are thinking about being baptized like Jesus. Who should be baptized? Well, if you've never been baptized like Jesus, then you need to be baptized. If you've been baptized, but you've drifted away, you need to be re-baptized. If you learn new truth, you need to be re-baptized. That's what the Bible says. If you're praying and thinking about being baptized, just text us, SMS, WhatsApp. The WhatsApp number is plus one, two, two, four, two, 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 zero, seven, seven, seven. And say, pray for me, I wanna be baptized. Pray for me, we'll, we'll get someone in contact with you. Or you can do it by texting or by SMS. Just, just drop off the plus one and put two, two, four, two, 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 zero, seven, seven, seven. That's two, two, four, two, 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 zero, seven, seven, seven. Do you want the free gift? If you want the free gift, Steps to Christ, we have that, just put steps. Or if you want the one on Mark of the Beast, the Desire of the Ages, or the one, the Great Controversy, just put Mark. Text us and just say, I want the free gifts, and we'll get them sent to you. Thank you, my friend. We'll see you again soon. Next time we're talking about the rapture. Boy, that's gonna be so exciting. Is it a secret rapture or, wow. Remember, we read some of those texts. We're gonna study it deeper. Jesus is coming soon. Don't you love him? Should we pray? Father in heaven, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for unlocking Bible prophecies that Cammie has done. And as we watch those sermons, and our hearts will be touched, as we watch these sermons, as we go through YouTube and watch these again and again and again, help us to understand Earth's final conflict, what's going to happen as Jesus comes. We know the, the world is crazy. People are are angry at each other. But one day we know we're gonna be angry at God's people and a day after he's coming. And I just pray that we'll be faithful. Help us to keep our eyes focused on Jesus. In his name I pray, amen. Remember, Jesus loves you.